0: You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamie. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Put that in your pipe and smoke and see what you come up with. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. And, of course, Jason Bailey. What's happening, Jason?
1: Greetings and salutations. What's up, buddy?
0: We're here for your break from all of the high resource propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. If you're listening, you probably have a way to listen, but we are available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Our Heart Radio, Stitcher, and more. So follow us, give us a rating, review, tell your friends, spread the black and gold gospel we got a lot to talk about, a lot to catch up on. I was out on vacation last week, but we've had quite a bit of news, even in the past few days. The Southern Miss Golden Eagles win the regular season baseball title for the second year in a row. Also picked up quite a few postseason awards um, over the past couple of days. The Conference USA Baseball Tournament is allegedly going to kick off an MGM Park in Biloxi tomorrow. <laughs> so, it's, it's, it's prime time for Southern Miss baseball right now. Close the season strong. Hopefully we can make a good run in the tournament.
1: Yeah, I'm sitting back here on the back porch right now, and you talk about allegedly going to play the tournament uh, starting tomorrow. and You know, the weatherman is not always right, but I'm looking at 80% Wednesday, 80% Thursday, 90% Friday, 90% Saturday. But they've got to get the tournament in, you know, just because whoever wins the thing is going to gonna go to a regional. Um, we'd like to think that we're going to automatically go, but um, that's not set in stone. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the contingency plan is, but uh, I'm sure they got one. And um, I hope that I'm not sitting around MGM the next few days uh, looking at what I'm looking at in my backyard right now because that's no good for anybody.
0: I'm looking at uh... – both the Weather Channel and Weather Underground right now. And it's there's going to be times where it's going to be, you know, you might get a game in or you might can get some innings in. But once it gets to the weekend, I mean, you're talking Saturday and Sunday, I think the lowest is a 59% chance of rain on Sunday. Um, and that's going to be in the morning. When you get around to when the championship is allegedly supposed to take place, 1 p.m., that's a 78% chance of rain um then it cuts to a 60 per, 66% chance at uh later on that evening who's to say where this little system that's forming in the gulf is going to go the projections have you know the gulf coast in the path most of them have us getting hit by something some part of it i don't think it's going to be anything major just a lot a lot of rain which certainly interferes with baseball now i think i don't this is just me talking um I was about to say out of my, but I'm going to say on this microphone right now. But I'm almost certain that if there's no tournament, I mean, we're just pretty much considered champs by being the regular season champs. So,
1: yeah, I'll go along with that. I think you know Louisiana Tech would probably, uh, I guess, they'd be the team that the odd man out in that situation because, in my opinion, they're they're the team that's that's got the next best shot, uh, along with Southern Miss, uh, of making a regional, and those guys
0: really need a couple wins.
1: And uh, well, F- of course F- they got
0: to see it. Yeah, go F A U as well. I mean, uh, they've got a, a solid RPI. I mean, the RPI of thirty uh, with a thirty six and fifteen record. So you know, I would
1: right. Both those teams need. They they need something else on their resume, in my opinion. I mean, a, a game or two, another another win or two, would sure go a long way. And I like, I'd like to see them both make it.
0: Absolutely. Although it would be kind of poetic justice for the uh, Louisiana Tech fans shooting off at the mouth on social media.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness.
0: Before we get into all the baseball news ins and outs, um, I don't even think I announced this on the last sh- last show. Like I said, we've had some things going on the past couple of weeks. I was out last week. I was like, let's just come back, do it big for this one, get everybody ready for the conference for the alleged conference tournament. But it was announced, and if you've been listening to this show the entire time we've been doing it. Uh, this is something that's come up the past couple of years. The third annual Laughs for Life is going to be taking place on Wednesday, August the 1st at the Sanger Theater in Hattiesburg. Always a great time. Always a great show. The benefits go to some great causes. The International Myeloma Foundation, Cure Childhood Cancer, um, and then patient, patient-focused initiatives at Forest General Hospital. Um there's also going to be some partnering with the Mayo Clinic. So a lot of things that Kent Oliver is doing. Tickets for this go on sale Friday, May the 25th, uh, at 10 a.m. So go ahead and get those tickets. They range from 45 to 65 dollars. They have some VIP tickets. A lot of those are going to sponsors, but if you can go in here, go in there and get one, $250. It's going to include a pre-show dinner and a meet and greet at the bottling company. Now you know, I've been involved in the comedy scene here in Hattiesburg for a little over eight years now. Um, and this has been a big deal the past couple of years. It's been a lot of fun. The first year we had, uh, comedian Frank Caliendo. Last year we had Bill Ingvall, famous from the Blue Collar Comedy Tour. This year we have, uh, our headliner is a Mississippi native. I know some of the listeners are going to be fami- very familiar with her. Some of them are not going to be. But Tig Nataro, if you don't know who Tig is, she just had a Netflix special released tonight. So she's just has a brand new fresh Netflix special out right now. There's also a documentary on Netflix about her and her, well, she went through to get here, but Tig is a Mississippi native. Um, a couple of years ago, she won the, one of the governor's arts awards. She's her mother is, uh, was from the coast. Tig was born in Jackson. Her brother was born in Hattiesburg. Tig's parents met at Southern Miss. Believe it or not. They met in oh. Hattiesburg. Sounds kinda crazy. Also, off the cuff there, um Oh, what's his name? Why did I draw a blank on that?
1: The other guy? Nate bargetti
0: No, I was I was gonna get to Nate, oh. but the comedian that, that was born in Hattiesburg, um, that uh oh my gosh. Why am I drawing a blank on this?
1: That's all you, bro. I'm in you, baseball mode.
0: I know, and I'm going to get back to baseball mode. Um, guy, <laughs> he was on Saturday Night Live. Fred Armisen! I had to Google it. Fred Armisen's parents met at Southern Miss. They were foreign exchange students. A little side note there. Wow. But, um, back to Tig. So, you can look into all the stuff on Tig. She, she blew up a couple of years ago. We had her in Hattiesburg. One of the best, I mean, like, as far as controlling a room in the crowd, I mean, she was amazing. She had a, a, a sitcom that she wrote. Well, I say sitcom. She had a TV show that she wrote called One Mississippi on Amazon. She takes a lot of pride in being in from Mississippi and she's a breast cancer survivor. So even more of a narrative to the cause. So if you're, if you want to check her out, you know, go look her up. As I say before any of these comedy shows, go look up the performers. Make sure that they're kind of your speed. Um, but, but Tig is, is hilarious and, and probably one of the most entertaining shows that we've had here in Hattiesburg. Did you go to that show?
1: Yeah, I was there. Um, Tig is a huge pull, by the way. Um, you guys continue to, I don't know how in the world you and Kent pull it off. Um, but like you said, starting off with, with, with Caliendo and then going to Ingval and then following it up with Tig, who I've seen one time we saw her in Bruce East, absolutely hilarious just it, these professional comedians if people have not gone to them I've been lucky to go to a bunch of them just because I know you <laughs> basically but um, man it's just you, you think that you're funny like sitting at a dinner table and you, you think that you know comedy but then you go see these people that do it for a living and your face hurts from laughing so hard I've had to get up and go to the bathroom uh, because I don't want my face to hurt anymore because I've been laughing so hard and that's how I did a big show, and then Nate, you know, Nate margatti has been here what two or three times. Yeah, um, he's he's probably uh, if I was pushed into a corner, I'd say I'd say he's my favorite comedian that you've brought to Hattiesburg so far.
0: Well, and that's that's kind of my point is I know that we have a, a wide range of demographic of listeners, and some of them. We're very familiar with who we've had the past couple of years. Some are going to be familiar with these two. Some are not. But look them up because I honestly think that this lineup that we have might be the most entertaining lineup that we've had come to Hattiesburg. And you talk about Nate Bargatze. Nate is a guy. He's from the South. He's from Nashville. He's my age. Um, there were some people that got confused as to who was who. Last show, um, until we got on, st- <laughs> until we got on the stage and actually told jokes, then it was very apparent who the professional was. But, um, Nate is a guy that, like, when I started booking shows in Hattiesburg, we did them at the Biling Company and he was the second comic I brought in. And then he was a guy I saw him on YouTube and I just thought, I just, he was very relatable and he was very personable. And I don't care whether somebody's clean or not, but he was clean and could be hilarious being clean. And, So since that time, you know, he's came back. He, Jimmy Fallon kind of like took a liking to him, took him on tour. He's Jimmy Fallon's favorite comic. He's been on The Tonight Show seven times since Fallon's taken over. He's been on Conan multiple times. He's got a uh, hour Comedy Central special. He's got two albums out. He's got a Netflix half hour on The Comedian. So both of these comedians are on Netflix. Both of them have had incredible shows in the hub city and both of them have blown up a lot since the last time they were here. And and I think it's safe to say um, Nate actually toured with Chris Rock this year. And Bill Burr, I think it's safe to say he is on the verge of becoming huge. So if you want to mm-hmm. see somebody before they were huge, you, you definitely want to check out Nate. And if you want to show some love to a Mississippi, probably the most famous Mississippi comedian since Jerry Clower, Tignataro Tignataro is going to be here. Um, it's going to be an amazing night for comedy in the hub city. We've talked, we're going to talk, we're going to have a whole episode about that in a, in a couple of months. So for the meantime, just remember this Friday, tickets are going to go on sale. The show is going to be August the first. Let's get back to talking some southern Miss. Now we talked about the, I was on vacation, but you had quite an adventure this weekend at a, a local golf tournament.
1: Well, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, well, it was the uh, End Zone Golf Tournament for the longest time, and the End Zone moved downtown. Last year, they didn't have it, so our good buddies, you know, Slade White and Kevin Walters, reopened uh, the old End Zone called the 4th Street Bar now, uh, so this is their their inaugural, I guess, golf tournament, and they always benefit one charity. This year, they chose USM Softball, um, which was fantastic. Um and it's kind of a nice little marriage right there because the bar is literally like a hundred yards from the softball field, so it's pretty cool. Um, and these guys love to give back to the community, so it's great that they do that. Um, while I was there, which if anybody saw my pictures <laughs> on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, I, I, I mean this this when I say it's a golf tournament, um, it's more of a golf spectacle. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the good thing is that you raise all this money for. Um, for the softball team, but I actually got to talk with coach Hogue, uh, before the uh, tournament started. And I mean, just what a genuine sweet lady she is, you know, and my hell of a softball coach to go along with that. Um, she went out of her way the entire day to say, thank you all day long. She mentioned to me that, you know, I, I, I don't know what the final t- tally was, but from talking to uh booty who runs the tournament, um, I think you said the final, uh, the, the final check they're going to write out, the final amount of money they're going to raise to be around $10,000. Wendy near about came to tears when she heard that. And she said it would be the, the largest, uh, single donation to USM softball since she's been here, which, and probably ever, honestly. So they need it. Um, they work hard. And, she, you know, she wasn't the only one there. Assistant coaches there Turn, uh, players were there that didn't have to, you know, go home several states away or whatever since so school's out. But, Um, We had a fantastic time, man. Saw some some guys out there. uh, See uh, John Adam Hackney, of course. uh, Saw him and his whole group of people who tailgate right next to us during football. Um, I played with Coop and Dave. Had a great time. Um, Our boy uh, John Adams won the uh, biggest fish contest. Yes, you heard that right. During the golf tournament, if you see a pond, you take your fishing pole, you catch whatever fish you can and you get a prize to catch the biggest one. So I think he's won that every single year and it was an awesome time, man. It was really cool. It was really hot, but um, but I had a great time and, and really enjoyed hanging out with Coach Hogue for a little bit.
0: Well, great time at this, uh, great time at that tournament. That's really cool that the, the, the guys over at 4th Street are making that happen and, and really cool to, to make that happen for Southern Miss softball. I mean, I, I think, you know, You're starting to kind of see the wheels turning with that softball team, and and hopefully they can get us back to where we used to be. um, Back in the Final Four, man, that was an amazing time here for the university. Well, Southern Miss kind of went through a little bit of a rough stretch in baseball, but finished strong this past weekend. Why don't you tell us what happened this past week in Southern Miss baseball?
1: Okay, Uh, this past weekend. Well, you know, you mentioned the rough stretch. I mean, we 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 lost. Two out of three to LaTex, the only series we've lost the entire year. Followed that up with a loss to UNO, which is totally uncharacteristic. Um, Nick Sandlin even kind of looks human in that Friday game versus uh, LaTex. But the good thing is we got that behind us. You want to try to grab a little bit of momentum heading into the conference tournament, allegedly. And that's exactly what we did versus Marshall. Which, by the way, do you know that Marshall plays their home games like a 100 miles away from Marshall?
0: I mean the, the 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 pictures I saw look pretty rough, so I guess that makes sense.
1: It just I I don't, I don't get it. But anyway, um, so yeah, May seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth, we uh, we won all three games. But Thursday, won the game ten to two. Sandlin, of course, pitched. Friday game got the win. Eight innings pitched, eight K's. Uh, Keating hit a homer. Dan Keat. Uh, Friday, won the game 7-4. to Reynolds and Mac went yard. Walner came in late with the bases loaded and got the save. And then who was to start the game on on uh, Saturday? Saturday, after Walner got the save on Friday, they actually started the game on Saturday. Um, Eagles ended up with 21 hits that game. So you're talking about putting the punctuation uh, mark on the uh, end of the sweep right there. Won the game 18-9. to Um, Reynolds hit a bomb, Slater hit a bomb, Lebo continued to just rake, uh, he went three for five with four RPIs and Fred Franklin also got three hits. So that gets you caught up on baseball. I'd like to say we snagged just a little bit of momentum heading into this tournament. And I don't know if you saw today, uh, that the entire team has decided to, I guess, bleach their, bleach their head.
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw. Um, in, a, in
1: a sign of unity.
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw the picture. I, I, I saw the Matt Walner picture, and then I saw the video clip from was it jo- uh, Jordan Crump, I believe. Uh, but I saw the video clip, and Luke Reynolds had a blonde beard. Lebo had a blonde. The 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 dude he's got was going blonde. So hey, man, go gold. I'm all for it. Uh, whatever go works.
1: gold. Hey, if it gets us to Omaha, I'll do it.
0: Okay, you heard it here first, folks. Um, is Katie sitting there with you, listening to you make these uh, claims? Negative. She's okay. inside with the baby. All right, we'll I'm still see.
1: still waiting on my dog to start barking and the baby to start beating on the door. Any second.
0: Well, we'll hold. We will. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, the Golden Eagles can make this happen for you. Nice. Southern Miss finishes the season thirty-nine and fifteen. The regular season thirty-nine and fifteen on the year twenty-three and six in Conference USA, heading into this week's conference tournament now before we get to the conference tournament like I mentioned we had some awards that were divvied up this this uh, I guess the past two days Nick Sandlin the 2018 winner of the Ferris Trophy which is uh, I believe what the scouts and the media choose for the best collegiate player in Mississippi so this year that is accurate um what a year that Nick has that Nick has had. He's a semifinalist for the Dick Hauser Trophy, which goes to the best collegiate baseball player. And he was the only finalist for the Ferris Trophy that was also a finalist a semifinalist for the Dick Hauser Trophy. He is also one of twenty-five finalists for USA Baseball's Golden Spikes Award. So folks are recognizing the job that Nick Sandlin is doing. One of the top two or three pitchers in the country right now. You look at his stats, they're outrageous. I mean Really, honestly, you take the fanboy journalism out of it. You had what five great nominees for the Ferris Trophy, all of them deserving in their own right. Nick Sandlin just a little ahead of the pack, and I'm going to tell you why right here. Eight no record on the year. His eight wins were tied for 31st nationally. ERA of 1.25 ranked third nationally. Now, if he had not given up those two runs against Marshall <laughs> he would be right. a little closer <laughs> to the top but those two runs dropped him down to third place strikeouts 122 on the year ranked 7th nationally strikeout to walk ratio 8.71 which ranks him 8th nationally so that's that's a ridic- maybe the best season for a pitcher in Southern Miss baseball history Nick Sandlin deserving of all these awards and more
1: yeah, well, you hit it right on the head and, you know, I've seen the Twitter chatter, uh, after he was announced as the winner and everybody wants their guy to win. I get it. Um, the kid from Delta State, Shannon, you know, you had a home run every other game, which is fantastic. But, but if, it, with, with these numbers that Nick has put up, um, it's like, it's like you or I are out there throwing to a bunch of six year olds from like 30 feet. You know, like he's, he's, just, he's putting up numbers that you just can't.
0: Um, speak for yourself. It, 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 I'm not it, sure I could strike yeah, on a I mean, six year old.
1: <laughs> but, 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 you know, if, if a pitcher, if, if, if he doesn't win it this year, then they should just remove pitchers from consideration. You know, that's how good of a season it was. So, yeah, I mean, everybody up there, you know, whoever's name they called, um, had reason for that. Um, but Nick was the best. So I'm glad he got it. You know, it kind of feels like, you remember last year after the season, we were doing the show, and I think we went on like a 20-minute rant on all these awards that Walner got. Um, and this year, we're doing it again. We're doing it with Salmon and I'm sure we're going to get into these other guys in a minute.
0: You know, I think when I switched from C Spire to Verizon, I think that's what pulled the They were finally like, all right, Jamie's had enough. Let's give one to somebody from Southern Miss. <laughs> well, thanks, buddy. Hey, I do what I can. Uh, And I'm not that egotistical to think that uh, my opinion is worth that much. But anyways, let's move on. The 2018 Conference USA Baseball Awards were announced today. The Conference USA Player of the Year, Luke Reynolds, third baseman from Southern Miss, led Conference USA in seven different categories and batting average 403. On-base percentage, 558. Slugging percentage, 749. Total bases, 143. Runs scored, 67. Home runs, 15. Walks, 56. He's tied for the lead in doubles with 19 and third in RBIs with 58. Uh, Just a ridiculous season for Luke Reynolds, in addition to being the player of the year, also the newcomer of the year. Uh, Nick Sandlin, pitcher of the year, and then for the second year in a row, the Keith LeClaire coach of the year. Scott Berry. So, Golden Eagles taking home some of the key Conference USA awards for this 2018 season.
1: Boy, that's the a, that's a line that you just read out with with Luke. I mean, nobody hits 400 anymore, right? Uh, for him to end up at 403, and this is a guy who sat up for two seasons. Um, coming back after that kind of time off is just. It's just crazy. I think in my interview with Tyler Key, he mentioned that you know a lot of times the transfer you, you hear a lot of the hype and it never really pans out. Um, this one panned out uh, big time. And you talk about somebody stepping into that third base, um, the third base role uh, after Taylor Bailey, and we all thought that there was going to be a drop off. But goodness gracious, he, he stayed hot the entire season. There might have been like a two or three game stretch where he didn't just dominate. But 403, 15, and 58, not to mention 19 doubles. Um, absolutely amazing. And, um, and and, and, and again, that two, three, four, um, or that three, four, five in, in Fettermans lineup of, of Reynolds, Walner, and Slater is absolutely murderer's row. And I hope we get to see a whole bunch of that this weekend.
0: Also, first-team all-conference, Luke Reynolds, Matt Warner, and Nick Sandlin. And on the all-freshman team, Gabe Montenegro. So congratulations to all those guys. I'm sure we're going to see some of those guys as well as some more Golden Eagles on the all-tournament team, on the alleged all-tournament team this weekend. Um, So there you have it as far as Southern Miss baseball goes. The Conference USA Tournament kicking off in Biloxi. This Wednesday, May 23rd, thus tomorrow, as of this recording, at allegedly 9 a.m. <laughs> at MGM Park in Biloxi. Um, the, all these games are going to be on ESPN3, with the exception of the championship game, which is scheduled to air on CBS Sports Network. So go on ESPN3 on your computer. Um, I've got it on my Roku. There's several different other ways you can watch it out. You can watch it on your mobile phone if you can't make it down to Biloxi. All right. So let's look at this kind of the slate a little bit. So first game tomorrow, 9 a.m., number three seed FAU versus the number six seed FIU. I I still don't know the difference between those two schools in general. So, uh. But uh, FAA, uh,
1: uh, yeah, well, I do know that whichever one is doing better at the time is the more annoying of the two.
0: Yes, I will agree, concur. Then uh, just after that, at uh, twelve, supposed to take place at twelve thirty, game two, the number two seed, Louisiana Tech, taking on number seven seed, Rice. Now, you look at the other side of the bracket. Southern Miss, the number one seed, scheduled to take on UAB at four p.m. and then Charlotte taking on UTSA at uh, allegedly 7.30 p.m. And that's those are even more of alleged times because we all know these games get delayed, they go into extra innings, and they never start on time. So the Southern Miss game starting at 4 p.m. could be a 6 or 7 uh, first pitch. All right, so you look at those two sides of the bracket and – I don't want to jinx this when I say this, but it almost feels like Southern Miss is on a much better side of the bracket. I mean, the other side, you got Louisiana tech who, who, who took two out of three from us uh weekend before last you got rice. This is Wayne Graham's last go at it. Rice is still rice, even though they haven't had the rice season. They normally have FAU top 30 RPI FIU dangerous as well. And uh, the other side, you know, UAB, I think, um, Charlotte can be sneaky. UTSA, uh, they get that that one pitcher that's really solid. So, I mean, who, who's to say how this is really going to shake out? But I'm, I'm definitely glad the Golden Eagles have the opponents that they do on that side of the bracket.
1: I couldn't agree more. And you hit it right on the head with uh, talking about Rice. Uh, as bad of a season as they've had, it's uh, – I, 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 you know, I just have too many memories of Rice. And at some point, I keep thinking – I know it's really late, but at some point, uh, they're gonna remember that they're right. Um, and, and then Louisiana Tech, they beat us two out of three here. Uh, really weird series. Um, and, you know, it's uncharacteristically, we made like five errors, but you gotta give it to them. We lost the games. So having both those guys on the other side of the lineup is fantastic. And, um, but then again, every time Southern Miss has got something good going, uh, UAB seems to ruin it. So, so here, so here we are.
0: Didn't we, what, was it last year we lost, uh, we lost to Charlotte last year in the tournament? Like, early? Out of the gate? Yeah, early, yeah. yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, it was, it was one of the things. We had you to just,
1: come back through to lose your bracket, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, anything can happen in these games, but, uh, some good news for the Golden Eagles and, and somebody that wasn't here for that Louisiana Tech Series taking the mound for, for game three, which is our first game, Stevie Powers. Is making his return after a uh, you know couple game absence. Uh, hopefully he's focused, motivated, ready to go. And you know something that we've kind of uh, talked about the past couple of weeks off the air is you know what do you do with Sandlin? And now you got a great position where you can can pitch Sandlin in that second game. Um, you got the flexibility to do that, which which should you know keep the Golden Eagles charging through that winners bracket. Hopefully,
1: if yes. And if, if we, uh, if, well, when we were talking about it, we were wondering, do you throw Sandlin number one, game one, because maybe you can throw him in that championship game. We know that's not going to happen now. So you got to look at powers and you, you, you hope that the tendonitis is gone. That's what he had, tendonitis in the uh, forearm. Um, and, and it's not like he's not done anything since then. Um, he's been throwing bullpens. He's been, uh, rehabbing. That being said, he still hasn't thrown in a couple weeks. Uh, so, number one, it's going to be fantastic because you're going to come back at 100%. Number two, you've got to watch out for that sometimes. Hadn't pitched in a little while, all of a sudden you're on the big stage, you've got the ball in that very first game, a very important game, and you fill 100%. A lot of times pitchers don't want to fill 100%. You know, Greg Maddox always said he wanted to throw like 90%. Cause he didn't want to overthrow anything because if he did, the ball doesn't move. So, just something to look out for just a little bit. Um but, you know, having Sandlin in your back pocket for that game number two is humongous. Um, because I think the way this tournament works is if you win, which, and the rain's gonna screw everything up, but I think if you win Wednesday and Thursday, you got Friday off and you come back Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. So that's humongous, uh, if, if we can get to that point. Um, and, but, but, but the biggest if is gonna be game number one. Um, Not to say that Sandlin's completely automatic, but he's pretty much automatic uh, in, in, in game number two.
0: Well, you know, like you said, it's going to be tough to really know whether or not we're going to get all these games in. Regardless, I think it's going to be a great time down there on the coast. I mean, it rained during the championship game last year. Other than the loss, still had an amazing time. It still was a a, a great showing of Southern Miss fans down there in a Biloxi. Always a good time. There's a lot of places you can go. You know, mug shots down there, owned by Southern Miss alum Ron Savell, As, uh, you know, a great hangout for the Golden Eagles. I'm sure Patio 44. But where where can the Southern Miss fans find you and possibly me later this weekend down there on the coast?
1: Well, I think this place is just just mentioned. And also, don't forget, there's a, there's a glory bound that has just opened up in Ocean Springs. Will Taylor and the boys opened up a new spot in the old Leo's in Ocean Springs, which is just over the Biloxi Bay Bridge. That's going to be a good spot. And, you know, last year, uh, it's pretty close to the park. It's like a block and a half. Um, the Sandbar was a fun little spot last year. As, as a matter of fact, um, Steve, you know, Steve Farmer, listener of the show and good friend of ours, He's already hit me up. I think we're going to meet up um, for a quick beer, um, either at Mugs or the Sandbar right before the game tomorrow. Oh, and by the way, let me just throw this in there. Um, Steve and Tabby got married. So that's great. You might know Steve and, uh, and Tabby. Uh, they're at huge Golden Eagle fans, and they got married a few weeks back. Uh, I just honestly kept forgetting to mention it on the show. <laughs> But um, but but yeah, Steve's awesome. Tabby's an absolute sweetheart. No, I can't wait to see those guys this weekend.
0: Yeah, uh, known as Rowdy Eagle on the boards. I guess if you guys are on any of the message boards. But uh, Tabby, an absolute steal. Um, I mean, I know it's kind yeah. of hacky to say stuff like this, but way out of like, I was shocked. I was like, what? What is off with her? What is she <laughs> drinking? Uh, but yeah. no, seriously, congratulations to them, man. That that's awesome. Alright, so let's move on. We got, we got baseball out of the way. Let's talk a little bit about some of the other sports, uh, a little bit of a few tidbits from around the Golden Eagle Nation. Uh, football news this week. It was uh, kind of announced that Southern Miss football will be taking on Alabama in 2021. Uh, this in addition to the Golden Eagles currently scheduled game for 2019 against the Crimson Tide. Um, you can allude as to why these games were made, but look no further than the payouts. The 2019 payout, 1.85 mil. The 2021 payout, 1.9 mil. So you're borderline getting 4 mil for two games against the Crimson Tide. Uh, it's really a no-brainer given our financial situation.
1: So we're making right at $2 million per game?
0: Just under. Just under. I mean, and I say just is, under. And,
1: and, and what did we lose? After our last TV deal, per year, a lot, yeah, roughly two million per year.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. So,
1: so I mean, this gets us right back on par. Not to mention that it's just a hot ship and a jump over to uh, Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate, I
0: hate, I, you know, I hate these games, but given our situation, it, it makes. I mean, it's kind of similar to how it was in the, you know, back in the day with with needing these games to, you know, make the revenue happen. So, it's what it is. Um, you got to deal with the with the uh, mouth breathers, with the crimson on, but, you know, <laughs> show me the money.
1: Hey, as long as we don't have to deal with the sprinklers on the field and uh, getting yanked down in the corner of the end zone and the, and, and the flag covering up by turf, uh, and longtime Golden Eagle fans will know exactly what I'm talking about on all three of those, and that's fine. And I guess even if you do get to deal with it, uh, $2 million isn't a bad uh, consolation prize.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to tell you that that stuff's not going to happen. In fact, you know, it, I, I guess it depends on how good we're doing. But um, some more football news. We, we kind of, at the last episode, we, we interviewed a couple of guys new to the National Football League. And we mentioned that Julian Allen would have tryouts with the Browns and the Buccaneers. The tryout with the Buccaneers did not happen because after the tryout with the Browns, Julian signed with the Cleveland Browns. And I know people talk down on the Browns and I know given their recent history, you know, it's certainly warranted, but they've been stockpiling draft picks and they've been stockpiling talent and they had a lot of injuries last year. They've got Jamie Collins up there. This is a team that could be on the rise in the next few years. I don't know if you guys remember this, but I mean, the Patriots were the laughing stock of the NFL in the early nineties, you know, right? So I'm not going to say that the, I mean, the Browns are like, like the Cardinals were when I lived in Arizona. Just nobody had faith in the ownership and everything, but they really are starting to put together a solid team. I really, I know some people don't, but I really like Baker Mayfield and I think he's going to be a great fit for the Browns. So, you know, hopefully he'll have another weapon out there in Julian Allen and congratulations to Julian. Uh, great guy. Um, we know he's got all the athletic ability in the world and, uh, the hybrid. Welcome to the league, brother. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, all the ability in the world. And, and he could not have handled the situation better, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) To to be, um, to be a a young man that has to be just itching, itching to catch footballs. Um, and just whatever. We went over that a thousand times, but I'm so glad you're getting the shot. And hey, here you are. He hadn't made anything yet. Get in there, catch the football, do your thing, knock off some defenders. Um, get in where you fit in. And make us all proud, man. I'm, I'm super happy for him.
0: Also, um, it was announced that Raheem nunez Rochez was released by the Chiefs. However, nunez Rochez did not make it all the way through the waiver wire. He was picked up by the Indianapolis Colts. So congratulations to Nacho on sticking around in the National Football League. And uh, hopefully he can make some noise with the Colts. I know that uh, the Chiefs... The defensive line got a little crowded, but he still found his way to to get in playing, Tom. But, uh, you know, there may be some opportunities for him on the uh, Colt squad.
1: Right. This is the business side of it. Um, and, and, you know, even the Chiefs will kind of admit that, uh, it was, it was, I I think his, his salary, it was going to be too much of a hit for the cap. So that's the business side of it. But like you said, didn't even make it through the waiver wires before you got picked up. Good guy, tireless worker. Um, He'll be a
0: fan favorite wherever he goes, and he's always a fan favorite right here in Hattiesburg. I've still got his jersey from, uh, so I'm hoping he does. I'm hoping the value that it actually fits better than most of the ones that I have because most of, since we, you know, since like (laughs) when when we were in college, you could put on a jersey no problem, but now they're so tight, they just make them different. So, yeah. uh, Um, before we move on to basketball, Southern Miss got another. Football Commitment this week. This one is actually for this current 2018 season. The Michael Chesser, 6'6", 275-pound defensive lineman out of Southwest Mississippi uh, Junior College, Community College. Originally from Forest High School, the uh, alma mater of Jeremy Cooper. But, uh, and Luke see, Reynolds. And Luke Reynolds and Todd Pinkston. But he seems to be um, – a very athletic guy. You know, there's a couple of guys on our squad that play it, played at Southwest. So I don't know what the story is with the numbers on the signing class or whatnot. But, hey, have some depth on the defensive line. And if you watch his video, you can tell he definitely has some athletic ability. So uh, congratulations to him. And, uh, you know, I think Tuesday hit the ground running. It's, it's, uh, it's time. I think the players report right after. Well, really voluntary, voluntarily or whatever you want to call that. But I think you have guys coming to camp, start getting back, getting back in the workouts next week. So wow, um, you know, I don't think they officially report until what the last week of July, but, um, yeah, so they're, they're getting after it, getting, getting ready to go for this 2018 football season. Um, basketball news. We got a new signee this week. Shakur Daniel, a 6'4 guard from Southwest Christian in Arkansas. If that school sounds familiar to you, that's because we also signed his teammate, uh, Nikola Jaretich. Both these guys coming in from Southwest Christian in Arkansas. Shakur Daniels, a little bit of an interesting story. Started off in Canada. Jason Munn shared a 2014 article in which the USA Today kind of compared him to Andrew Wiggins. Had some offers from schools like Ole Miss, Western Kentucky, Oregon State, uh, Valparaiso, so forth and so on. So this is another guy, some, some young talent. Uh, credit Doc Sadler. It seems like we got a slew of young talent coming in. I don't know the, the exact scholarship numbers, but also according to Jason Munns, J- Josh Connolly no longer on the basketball team. So that may be how this is starting to fit together, but you got to give it to Doc, man. Another, another talented addition to the Golden Eagle squad.
1: I can't wait to see all these guys. It's been a long time coming, Jamie. I, I've, I've watched some pretty crappy basketball. <laughs> We're just going to be frank. I've watched some pretty crappy basketball, and um, you know, I'd say midway through last year, I kind of reached my tipping point where, you know, I just I just couldn't I could I couldn't I couldn't stay enthused about it. Uh, I tried and, tried and tried and tried and tried and tried, and people can go back and listen to the archives to tell that I actually did, but. Um, I think I'm more of like a, a – I'm going to wait uh, wait and see approach on this thing. I hope it's good. Um, we already had a good core coming back anyway, um, and I think one of the other casualties is probably going to be Eddie Davis. I think he's already graduated. Um, yeah. So maybe that's the two spots that open up there.
0: I think but, he's transferring. I think he announced he's transferring.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but yeah and if it's doc doing it is is spoon doing it i don't care either way um we've got better players and that is the best way for us to have a better team no matter what style of coaching goes on better players better team so hey fingers crossed um I know we painted the place. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we painted the place. We got a new video board. Now we got some new players. Uh, let's roll the ball out there and, and, and see what we got. Hopefully all these guys make their grades. And, um, hopefully there's, you know, injury free and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, totally looking forward to these guys and, and, and can't wait to see them on the court.
0: Before we get to some late-breaking news, congratulations to the Southern Miss women's outdoor track and field team. They won the Conference USA title. The men come in second place, so great run for our our track teams, and and congratulations on that. Always good to bring home a conference title. Now, just checking Twitter here before we shut it down, and it looks like the results are starting to come in for the school bond issue in Hattiesburg. Now, why do we bring this up? I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Ward 2, the train depot just reported in, 456 votes for the bond issue, 10 votes against. So right out of the gate, you've got a 97.85% for the bond issue. Needs 60% to pass. Hopefully that'll happen tonight. And once, if that happens, we can move forward with putting the uh, bond issue that includes Coliseum renovation up mm-hmm. for vote. So hopefully this passes tonight, and uh, we can move on to the next phase of uh, making 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 the impossible happen.
1: Indeed. Uh, I went and voted myself today. Took my son Jack up there, my two-year-old, so he got the, witness, the whole voting thing. And, um, you know, I mean, we've talked about it. I mean, why, why in the world wouldn't you vote for it? I know there's always going to be some votes for, some votes against, but that's why we live in a democracy and uh, everybody's got their say, so looks like it's headed in the right direction, and we need all the help we can get, man, all hands on deck. So, fingers crossed.
0: So, special thanks to all you guys for listening to this show. You can follow us on Twitter at ToTheTopTalk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington, and Jason at Bumper J. Bailey. Facebook as well. Check it out. We'll be back next week. We're going to have the post-conference tournament, post-alleged conference tournament episode, pre-NCAA regional tournament episode. So be tuned in for that middle of next week. Upcoming comedy shows, I talked about it at the start. The third annual Last for Life at the Singer Theater in Hattiesburg is going to take place on August the 1st. Uh, a headliner this year, Tig Notaro, Netflix special drop today. Also a special guest, one of our favorite comics, Nate Bargatze. If you've never seen Nate, if you've never seen Tig, look him up. Uh, If you like him, come on out to the show. It's a great cause. We've raised several hundred thousand dollars for cancer and cancer research. 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 Shout out to Ken Ken Oliver for being the the catalyst to make all this happen, man. Just a a tremendous guy. And, you know, I haven't really said much about it, and I'm not really going to say much about it um, publicly, but... Uh, my mom was just diagnosed with breast cancer. So having somebody like TIG that just went through all this, it kind of hits a little closer to home. You know, I joke with Kent; I still don't understand what myeloma is, but I think all of my grandparents have passed away from lung cancer. The one that I got one grandparent left and all of my step grandparents. And I think everybody's passed away from lung cancer. My father had, um, test, uh, not testicular, <laughs> prostate cancer. He went through that uh, a year ago. So, I mean, it's something that affects everybody and, and, we're trying to do something really special for Hattiesburg and, and something for a good cause. So be on the lookout for that. Get your tickets on Friday. Also, the Hub City Comedy 8th Anniversary Show. This has not even been announced yet. It's going to take place Friday, June the 22nd at Brewski's. we got some of your old favorites coming back if you follow the comedy in Hattiesburg. Come check out some of the new comedians in and around the Hub City. It's going to be a great time. Always a packed house. Always an electric atmosphere. you get got 200 folks in there pouting into Brewski's having an amazing time. So everybody's going to bring the funny this year. I'm going to be back, should have some new material after taking a little bit of a hiatus. So it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, Jason. So the baseball tournament kicks off tomorrow. You got any final thoughts on this conference? USA basketball, basketball, baseball tournament, as well as, um, the golden Eagles.
1: Uh, just one thing that I forgot to mention earlier. I reached out to the guys at the, at the, uh, daily dragon with UAB earlier today, just asking who they were possibly going to throw tomorrow. They didn't know for sure. I'm not even sure if they've, uh, released it, but they seem to think that it's going to be Ryan Ruggles, uh, number 15, senior left-handed pitcher. Uh, of course they're going to throw a lefty, but I'm looking at the stats right here real quick. 4.9 ADRA, 2 and 3 total record, um, 59 innings, uh, 53 strikeouts. So it looks like, you know, a solid lefty that if this turns out to be the case, then, um, Will be, uh, well, kind of like we've seen the entire season, but, um, just wanted to throw that out there.
0: Well, and you, you know, this is a UAB team that, um, we swept this year, um, you know, first game six to nothing, second game six to one, third game nine to four. They finished the season 21 and 31 on the year. Um, I guess they, you know, they've, they snuck up on a few people. They always seem to sneak up on us, especially after they fall flat on their face doing something else. So, mm-hmm. this is hey, and
1: look—it's hard to beat somebody every, like all the time. You yeah, know? I mean, we, we won those three in a row. At some point, we're going to lose one. Let's just hope it's not tomorrow.
0: Absolutely, and it looks like they've done—you know—it looks like they've done. I mean, they took two out of three from FAU. They took the first game mm-hmm. against sure. Tech. Uh, haven't had a terrible. I mean, it's got lose. They got a losing record, but they're still dangerous. Um, so. Yeah, let's get, let's get through this tournament, man. Let's, let's get on to regional action. Golden Eagles probably going to be a, a two or three seed in the tournament. I guess we'll find out on Monday. We, we may have to do an episode Monday, man, after we figure out where we're going.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, as soon as this tournament ends, the tournament has to end before we can find out what kind of, uh, seeding we're going to have. And, and how many regionals is that going to affect, honestly? So, yeah, let's, 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 hope that we have a show to talk about enough stuff to talk about on one day
0: what well, you guys join join all the golden eagle fans down there take over the gulf coast take over biloxi it's gonna be a great time hope you guys enjoyed it and as always southern miss to the top